0: Well, I hope you had a, a Merry Christmas. I know we sure did at the Moreland family, and it was kind of quiet at times, and other times it was very loud. And uh, very loud, I'm sure our neighbors could hear us, but uh, that's all right. We, we believe in having a good time when we get together as a family. And I uh, hope you had a Merry Christmas. You know, I uh, <clears throat> was just uh, thinking about... We're getting ready to end 2019. Really, we're getting ready to end the decade. Isn't that hard to believe? That is hard to believe. For some of you this morning, you might be saying, man, I'm glad 2019 is nearly over. And some of you might be saying, the last 10 years have just really been a struggle for me. And uh some of us, you know, for two thousand and nineteen we 've had those up and downs in our lives. but you know for the most part, for my family it 's been pretty good. You know God has blessed us, God has provided for us he 's taken care of our needs and and uh, in some instances it 's been kind of uh, bittersweet. Uh, my dad you know passed away a year ago, and uh, so uh, this year, we started working on his home to get it ready to sell, and, and uh, we thought that'd be a pretty easy task, and we didn't have to do a whole lot to Dad's house, but uh, just some touch-ups, some painting and things like that. But the hardest part was in November when we gave the keys to the new owner. Uh, that was pretty tough, because you see, that was my childhood home that 's where I grew up, and uh, as we were remodeling and repainting his home, uh, I was doing the trim work down at the bottom of the baseboards and and on the baseboards, I could see that there were some marks, some deep etching in the the baseboards and that was from my tricycle, riding my tricycle through the house and uh, But you know it came time for us to sell the home and and, um, you know, that there were a lot of memories there, a lot of great memories. Um, some of them weren't so good. My mother, she could swing the belt. And, um, you know, she'd done most of the spanking at our home. But, but uh, you know, it was, it was kind of bittersweet. The Lord has blessed us. You know, I can remember when Y2K was. How many of y'all remember that? Uh, I asked my son, Landon, I said, and he was 10 years old at the time. I asked him, I said, what do you remember about Y2K? And he said, well, Dad, it seemed like that the people were kind of stressed out, you know, that there was a lot of nervousness uh, in our world. He really didn't remember a whole lot about it. But uh, we had just come on staff here in 99, the summer of 99, and I can remember sitting in Noel Hopkins' office. She was the financial uh, secretary at that time, and we were sitting there, and we were talking about, you know, all of these different uh, news reports that we were hearing about what was going to happen and what was going to take place, that, that the computers were going to shut down possibly, and that there wouldn't be any electricity, there wouldn't be any water and things like that, and People were worried about their bank accounts and, and their retirement plans, and, and uh, we were talking about what are we going to do if, if our computers just crash here at the church, and uh, how are we going to back up the information, uh, the membership, the, the financials, and things like that, and uh, we knew that that could possibly have been a problem, but uh, as you remember Uh, If you went to Lowe's or Home Depot, generators were a hot item. Everybody was buying generators. And uh, we had just left Pampa, and some of the guys said, Dale, you better go buy a generator because there are two generators. You're going to need it. And uh, people here were buying generators. They were stockpiling uh, food. Uh, They were getting bottles of water, worried that uh, we wouldn't have any water. Uh, Some churches were even drilling water wells. I know a big church in Lubbock that they wanted to make sure that they were able to provide water for the citizens there in Lubbock. And I was talking to Neil Curry yesterday. Neil has his uh, water well service, and he was telling me that that was a crazy time for his business because a lot of people were looking for those hand pumps. Some of you remember those. I don't, I'm not old enough to remember that. But uh, all right, now Now listen. But those hand pumps to, to pump the water, uh, you know, people were just, you know, life was crazy. In the book by M. Scott Peck, The Road Less Traveled. Many of you have read that book. But he says this about life. He says three words. Life is difficult. And I don't think any of us would disagree with that statement at all because at times life is difficult. Now, I've seen some uh, preachers and, and teachers, you know, they're always just... On fire, they're grinning like nothing is, is wrong. Nothing's ever happened to them. And, but life can be difficult. You know, it's like Y2K. That was a difficult time in the lives of many people. There were people that were cashing in their stocks and their, their retirement. They were taking money out of the bank. They were doing all of these crazy things, just worrying about what was going to happen. And you know, sometimes those circumstances in our lives that we face, and maybe that you're facing today, maybe there's some health issues that you're facing today, all of those things that the circumstances in our lives can oftentimes cause us to have worry and fear and doubt turn our lives upside down. Lynn and I were eating dinner the other night, and uh, we weren't saying a whole lot, we were just... There, where we were eating, there was a TV, and uh, you could see what was going on in the world. And we were looking at those things that made the headlines of the news. And uh, if I tell you, I think I had indigestion after that was over. Because if you listen at the news and, and you read the paper or uh, things like that, uh, you can see that our world is, is at unrest. And uh, I just said to her, I said, Leon, I I don't think our world should be so chaotic. I don't think our lives should be so chaotic, so stressed out. But if we're honest with each other, we would say that sometimes we say the same thing. You know, our lives just seem like they're stressed out. Life is busy. We find ourselves running here and running there. Uh, We get mad at the guy that's driving in front of us because he's driving the speed limit. Right? You've been there, I know. Because I was driving the speed limit and some of y'all just flew around me. You know, we're eating more unhealthy food than ever before. I'm eating more Oreo cookies cuz they're healthy for you. <laughs> and we find time, we find uh, it hard to find time just to even catch our breath. You know my watch. I mean, it's my kids got this for me and I'm still learning how to work it. There's some things, well, never mind. But sometimes on the face of my watch, it'll have a message for me and you know what it says? It says, breathe, breathe, you know, and sometimes we have a hard time just stopping what we're doing. You know, with all of life's problems, we struggle with just breathing. Oftentimes, our circumstances that we find ourselves in lead to a life of difficulty, We struggle to live the peaceful life that God has for us. We find ourselves stressed out. We find ourselves not able to sleep at night. We find ourselves discouraged. We find ourselves beaten down with just the day-to-day living. Max Licato says this about life. Life gives lemons. Life gives lemons to good people. Life gives lemons to bad people. Life gives lemons to old people, and life gives lemons to the young people. Life gives lemons to all people, but we don't have to suck on them. You know, that is so true. Our lives can be so wrapped up in the problems that we're facing that we forget that we can have that peace of God. Along my journey and along your journey, we face these difficulties. And a lot of them, we never expected those difficulties. We never expected those hardships. And many of them we didn't want to experience in the first place. But we know that sometimes God uses those things to help us to become more like him. Some of these circumstances we have brought on to ourselves. Sometimes we make those unwise decisions and so therefore we have some consequences that we have to pay for. But then oftentimes God allows these things to happen to make us more like him. Warren Wiersbe gives this perspective on life when we go through difficult circumstances when god permits his children to go through the furnace he keeps his eye on the clock and his hand on the thermostat his loving heart knows how much and how long i like to think of life as as a road trip as a journey you know we're all on this journey right We're on the journey of life. And you know, if you started in California and you wanted to go to New York, across the country, you know, oftentimes the road that you're going to be on is just as straight as it can be, right across the panhandle pretty much, huh? But then a lot of times that road, there's curves and there's bends and there's detours. And our GPSs will often say rerouting, rerouting, and you miss the exit, rerouting. And and there's all of this construction that's going on. That's what our life journey looks like oftentimes. One writer says this about life's journeys, that the road is full of bends. Uh, We're going down the highway and we experience a bend in the road. And if we're not careful that we will lose control. I don't know if you've noticed or if you read in the, heard in the news or read in a newspaper. Not many people get the newspaper anymore. But um, between Amarillo and Pampa, there's a big grain elevator A couple of weeks ago, we were going to the retirement party of one of our friends over there. And you look out across and there's this lake on the north side of the highway. And you could just barely see the top of a car. Some of you may have heard about that. Well, there's a bend in the road, and evidently that guy, whoever it was that was driving, wasn't looking and and didn't realize that there was a bend in the highway, and he went right out across into that lake. Sometimes the decisions that we make uh, causes us to have a lot of problems. Gordon MacDonald, in his book, The Life God Blesses, calls these difficulties and these circumstances Disruptive moments, he says. Disruptive moments are those unanticipated events, most of which we, uh, most of which one would usually have chosen to avoid, if it had been possible. And then he goes on to say, we don't like disruptive moments. They are often associated with pain and inconvenience, failure and humiliation. Not that they have to be. But that seems the way of the human condition. These disruptive moments often rob us of the peace that God has for us. You know, I don't know about you, but never in my lifetime have I seen that there's so much uh, unrest in the world in which we live. You know, some of you that grew up in the Depression, you may say that was a time that there was more unrest. But for me, we're living in a day that it seems like there's so much unrest and that there's a lack of peace. We're living stressed out lives, uptight. And uh, even our animals, you know, there are veterinarians that are prescribing medicine to help animals calm their nerves. I have some grand dogs that are like that. You know, I not only have grandkids, but I have grand dogs. And some of these grand dogs are on some medicine. And sometimes medicine is needed. I understand that. And I'm not being critical if you're on some medicine. But we are living in a, a stressed out world. You know, if there was a store, if you had a store where you could buy peace, you would be the wealthiest person in all the world, right? Right? You know, oftentimes we try to find that peace in a bottle. Oftentimes we try to find that peace in a pill, which only leads to more problems. Uh, We try to find peace in our work. We try to find peace in our hobbies. Um, We desperately search for peace in our lives. And you know, the Bible tells us that as we search for peace, there's a peace that is free. I have a gift right down here on the uh, the pew there. It's an empty box, but it reminds me that God has a gift for me. And it's that peace that only he can give. And it's not something that I earn. It's not something that I deserve. It's something that he gives to me. It's something that he gives to you freely. God gives us peace. And many of you have experienced that peace of God. I asked Bonnie Baker to tell me, uh, just the last few weeks, Bonnie lost her sister. She passed away. Now, in Bonnie's family, a lot of the people live to be over 100 years of age. And uh, Bonnie, uh, Bonnie's sister did not reach 100. And Bonnie called me one day and she said, Dale, would you please, could you please Go to the hospital. My sister is is just about to die. Could you please go see her and pray with her? And uh, so I went. I got there before Bonnie was able to get there. But, uh, you know, Bonnie told me that as she was there with her sister, when her sister took her last breath, that God gave her such a peace in her life that she could not describe. Everett Roberts, I don't know if Everett, no, he, he was going to come. I talked to Everett last week and I said, Everett, tell me about the peace of God in your life. Everett has been a deacon at our church for a number of years and now he's homebound. He's not able to come to church very often, but Everett taught Sunday school, our life groups. He served on different committees. He was a deacon and he had a stroke. And uh, during that time, his wife also passed away. And I said, Everett, tell me about the peace of God. How did you get through all of this uh, that you've gone through? And he said, it was only the peace of God that I could have made it through this. Many of you could share stories. And I know Calvin and Julie Winters are here this morning. And I've known Calvin and Julie for, gosh, 30 years he was a pastor, and we did children 's camps together and and uh, some of some, there was one time where they nearly threw us out of the the campground because of we were just acting crazy and uh, we just believed in having fun with those kids and but uh, Calvin has gone through some health issues and is not able to pastor anymore. But I'm sure that he could stand here and tell you about the peace of God like many of you could do that. Same thing. I believe that there's someone here today that uh, you have come into this building. You've come into the auditorium. And your life has turned upside down. And you're looking for the peace of God. I can't give you that peace. I can pray for you. I can share scriptures with you. I can point you to the one that will give you the peace that you're needing today. John chapter 14 is a wonderful passage of scripture. Jesus has his disciples in the upper room. Jesus knew that his disciples were getting ready to go through some tough days. Jesus was getting ready to be hung on the cross. He knew that these guys had spent their lives with Jesus and they'd seen him, excuse me, they'd seen him do miracles and just, uh, they'd, they did life together. They were friends. They were the best of friends. Jesus knew what their lives were going to be like when they seen Jesus hung on the cross. And so he gathers them all together and Jesus wants to calm their fears. It's this occasion that we see Jesus say, Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. It's in this occasion, this passage of Scripture, that we see Jesus say, These things have I spoken to you that, I, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation But be of good cheer, for I have overcome the world. Turn in your Bible to John chapter 14, verse 27. These are the words of Jesus. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give. And let not your heart be troubled or fearful. Think about the teachings of Jesus. Think about what life must have been like walking around with Jesus. Jesus wasn't worried, was he? I don't read that in the scriptures, but you might say, but Dale, that's Jesus. I'm me. That's Jesus that you're talking about. You know, Jesus knew that there were going to be people that would reject him. Jesus knew that there were going to be those, those dark days. Jesus knew that he was going to be hung on the cross, Jesus knew what life was going to be like for these men. And what did Jesus say to them? He says, my peace I give to you. God's peace is not like the peace of this world. The world's peace is based on resources. The world's peace is based on money, on bank accounts, On our houses, God's peace is based on relationships. And more specifically, a relationship with him. The world's peace is based on your personal ability. Something that we hope for. Something that we work for. But for the Christian, God's peace is something that he offers to us free. And it's like this package that's down here on the pew. It's unopened. Oftentimes, we don't open the gift that God has given to us, that peace. And our lives continue to be turned upside down, and we can't find that peace. I want to mention three ways that we can experience the peace of God. Number one... We experience the peace of God through his word. In John chapter 14, verse 27, I've already read that passage of scripture. But we see his peace. We also see his love. In John chapter 15, verse 9, it says, As the Father loved me, I also have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will obey You will abide in my love just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. And then we also can experience his joy. John chapter 15 verse 11. These things have I spoken to you that my joy may remain in you and that your joy may be full. What more could we want? As we read God's Word, we experience that personal relationship with Him. But you know, oftentimes, we don't pick up God's Word until our lives turn upside down. When things are going well, we don't typically read God's Word as much as what we should. You know, the other night, I was just having a hard time going to sleep couldn't sleep. I went into the other room and I turned on uh, my phone and listened to some scriptures and especially in Psalms. I love when my life is just kind of crazy, I like to read Psalms. And so I put it on Psalms and I began to listen to it and slowly drifted off to sleep. When I woke up, I was way, I think, like Psalms 100. So God blessed me with some good sleep. Sometimes the only time we pick up God's word is when we're going through difficult days. I've heard people say that I have made peace with God. And you know, if you've said that, I understand what you're saying. But folks, we don't make peace with God. God makes peace, has made peace for us and all we have to do is to accept it and this peace we can see in Romans chapter 5 verse 1 it says therefore since we have been made right with God's sight by faith we have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ our Lord has done for us and what has he done Isaiah chapter 53 verse 5 says but he was pierced for our transgressions He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him, and by his wounds, we are healed. Folks, it's our sin. It's my sin. It's your sin that put Jesus upon the cross that we might experience his peace. Number two, we can experience the peace of God through prayer. Numbers chapter 6, verse 24 through 26. Now, if you remember a few weeks ago, <clears throat> Kyle used this passage of Scripture as one of his, one of his references. <clears throat> it says, "'The Lord bless you and keep you. "'The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. "'The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace.'" I want you to underline the little word bless. As I was looking at this passage of Scripture and just doing a word search on some of the different words in it, that little word bless in the Hebrew means to stoop down. Moses wrote, May God stoop down to you and make his face to shine upon you. Isn't that awesome? You know, I, when I'm with my grandkids... A lot of times I like to get down. I like to stoop down and look at them. Sometimes that can be dangerous because <laughs> you never know what's going on in those little minds. But can you? I'm a visual person. <clears throat> and I can just picture the God Almighty, the God who loves me so much, the God who created the universe. He stoops down. And he's looking at me with that love, that compassion, that tenderness. And he's looking at me. His attention is not on what's going on around here. But his attention is on me. If that doesn't do something for you folks, I don't know what will. But God loves us so much that he stoops down. And not that he has to get on our level But he's looking at us. His attention is upon us. And I'm thankful for that. Let me ask you. If you allow that to soak into your mind. If you allow that picture to soak into your mind. Doesn't that give you peace? Knowing that whatever's going on in your life. That God loves you so much that he stoops down, says, Dale, it's going to be okay. But, you know, the devil is right there. Oftentimes, what we want God to do is to get rid of our problems and our pain. And we think that that's when we'll experience peace. But God says, I will be there. Though you walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. God promises that he will give us peace. The Bible says, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, get that, the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Sometimes we just need to be still and know that he is God. We need to still our hearts. We need to still our minds. We need to still our bodies and know that he is God. I want to read something to you from one of our members that has experienced the peace of God. I'm not going to look at you this person, (laughs) because I'll start, uh, her story is just so incredible, and I hope that you receive a blessing from it today. This is from Carol Keller. Dale, it's hard to understand or explain how peace can exist at the same time as indescribable pain and sadness, pain that takes your breath away and hurts so bad you don't think you'll be able to survive all i can tell you is i have experienced this peace it doesn't mean i don't cry and grieve i still miss my son every day but there is an underlying peace that is different than before it's a deeper more intimate peace An increased faith that is hard to describe. My word has always been joy. I felt like I had lost my joy. And then I read something that made a real difference in my life. Joy is not the absence of pain. Joy is the presence of God. I believe that can also be said of peace. Peace is not the absence of pain. Peace is the presence of God. Let me read that again. Joy is not the absence of pain. Joy is the presence of God. And I believe it can be said of peace. Peace is not the absence of pain, but it's the presence of God. Jesus continues to restore my soul and is preparing me for that day when I will see him face to face and will be reunited with my son. Thank you, Carol, for sharing your story. Number three, we can experience the peace of God through others. God uses other people as we go along life's journey. And folks, that's why it's so important that you're involved in a life group where people can pray with you, where people can love you and encourage you. No matter how strong you think you are, you need people in your life. A man that I look up to, that's a dear friend of mine, has gone through some terrible events in his life. Listen to his story. Psychiatrists say that two most stressful events that can happen to a person is, number one, the loss of a child, and number two, the loss of a spouse. I have experienced both. My youngest son, David, went to heaven on August the 11th of 2019. My wife, sweet Joyce, went to heaven on the Lord's Day January the 4th of 2015. It has been in the natural the hardest time of my entire life. Words cannot express the grief that I'm still suffering. The good news is Jesus said, I will send you another comforter. And Paul the Apostle said, the peace of God shall guard your heart and mind. And Jesus said, my peace I give to you. Sweet Joyce and David are not only in my past, but thank God they are in my future. It is so peaceful to know. Soon and very soon, we are going to see the King. And also see our loved ones that have gone on before us. My dear friend, Jimmy Phillips. I have seen his life group uh, walk with him through some of the toughest of times, through the death of his wife, sweet Joyce, and through the death of his son. I have seen his life group reach out to him and love him and care for him and pray for him. I have seen him tell his story and people will just listen, not giving back to him or saying I'm so sorry but just listening as he shares his story sometimes the best thing we can do is to listen when somebody is going through those tough times in their lives if you talk to Michael Wilhelm I told Michael at our Christmas Eve service I said Michael I don't want to repeat of what happened last year Michael and Sonia, they came to the, the candlelight service last year, and he went home and, and had a stroke and was in the hospital for, for a month or so. <clears throat> I said, Michael, we don't want that to happen this year. But God has done a tremendous miracle in his life. God has healed his body. He is out detailing vehicles. His, that's his business. And uh, God has done that miracle. I asked Michael, I said, tell me about the peace of God. And he told me how him and Sonia, the peace that they experienced through that whole situation. Many of you could share stories. Kay Lackey uh, is another one. And the list could go on and on and on of how people have ministered to each other through the life groups. So if you're not involved in a life group. Talk to me. Let me tell you about the life groups. Let me show you uh, you know, just what our life groups are all about. And you know, God not only uses our friends and family members, but sometimes God just, we need to just allow someone else to speak into our lives. We as a church are so blessed to have John Shell here. John is a licensed Christian counselor. That's what he does. That's where his training has been for all of these years. We are blessed to have him in our church. His office is here in our building. And so, John, I'm so thankful that God has brought you here. And uh, let me just open up and share with you. I have visited with John. There are times that I just need someone to uh, just to really speak into my life, to put that professional hat on and just say, here, Dale, here's what I see going on in your life. And maybe you're here today, and maybe you're afraid of what somebody might say if you go to a counselor. It's okay. It doesn't matter. Let me just tell you, it doesn't matter. Allow someone like John Shell to speak into your life, to give you, to help you through those difficult things that you're going through in your life. Thank you so much, John, for speaking into my life. I don't know where you're at today in your life. I don't know if things are going just really great in your life. If you took off the mask this morning, what would your life really look like? Is there a lot of unrest? Is there a lot of turmoil? Is there a lot of just life that's going on? You know, maybe you're here this morning and, and you're, you would say, Dale, I don't have that peace. Well, let me just tell you, that peace that God has for us is free. All you've got to do is to accept it and receive it. And to allow Jesus to minister to your heart and your life. Sometimes we just, we always need to get into God's word. That's where we find the answers. A lot of times we just need to be still and know that he's God. We need to get alone and, and to pray and to seek his face. Sometimes I love to just come in here and just sit. A lot of times I'll sit way up there. But sometimes I love to just come in here and be still and allow God to speak to my life. Sometimes I need to have people like John Shell, you know, speak into my life and to encourage me and others. I don't know what your life is like today, but let me tell you, you don't have to leave here with unrest in your life. You can leave here with peace, the peace of God. All you've got to do is to accept it and receive it. And if you need someone to speak with, we're going to be down here at the front in just a few moments. Come and share your story with us. Come and share what's going on in your life this morning. Maybe you need to just come and kneel at the altar and ask God to give you that peace. Maybe you need to speak to someone like John Shell. Set up an appointment with him. Whatever your need is this morning, I pray that you'd come during this time. We're going to offer an invitation. And that's where you have the opportunity to come and just to kneel at the altar, to pray, to seek that peace that God wants to give to you this morning. Would you pray with me, please? Father, as we approach this time of invitation... Lord, I don't know what's on the hearts of your people today. God, I know what's on my heart. God, there's been those times that I have just struggled with finding peace. God, when my life just seems like it's out of control, that uh, so much stuff going on in our lives today and in our world that we live in, God help us just to be still and know that you're God. Help us to realize that you're stooping down. You're looking at us in our eyes and with that love and compassion and that tender mercy that that you have for us, Lord, and you're telling us that everything's going to be okay. God, I don't know what uh, is going to take place during this invitation but god i pray that for those who are seeking peace that they come and father that they find that peace today that only you can give that free gift of peace so father we just bless you we praise your holy name and father we pray that you'll do in our lives what you want to this morning or it's in the name of jesus that we pray amen